Good morning. I'm Rick Bonfim. Uh, I'm in Athens, Georgia. Behind me is the uh, uh, the sign that uh, stands at the airport in Lima, Peru, where we have been visiting uh, churches over there. And we want to welcome you this morning to our Bible study. Yesterday, I shared with you from Judah to Joseph, the ancestry of Jesus and and I shared with you five principles of prophecy. The prophetic begins with God. You remember that. It's not something you say because you want to say it. Second, prophecy, God respects no persons. And of course, third, the condition of the recipient of the prophecy is considered by God. He looks at the heart of the person and not of the sin of the person. And number, 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 number three. Number four, a prophecy has duration to run on a point of time. Habakkuk 2.3. And of course, uh, the fifth one is prophecy does not run in straight lines. It creates, removes, reconstructs, and births direction by the hand of God. And so... I just want to make a comment on the fifth one because I covered all of it yesterday and uh, I want to uh, simply make a comment on, on the fifth principle of prophecy. Prophecy does not run in straight lines. What do you mean by that? It means it omits certain people because the ancestry of Jesus picked the path, not it wasn't picked or, or chosen by men. God saw the heart and moved into what he wanted to do with who were then the, the descendants of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse 13 to 15 of, of Matthew chapter 1. And Zerubbabel begot Abedu, Abidu. Now after Zerubbabel, none of the names is found in the Old Testament. They were doubtless taken from the public or family registers, which the Jews carefully kept, and their accuracy was never challenged. And so when it comes to verse 16, it says, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom was born Jesus. From this, it is clear that the genealogy here given is not of Mary, but of Joseph. And then it, it, it finishes saying, uh, verse 17, all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations from David until the carry away from the Bab to Babylon in captivity were 14 generations, and from carrying away from ba unto Babylon unto Christ, 14 generations. And it completes, it seals. You can count the generations and you can see it, that it is what it is. Amen? And so it skips. Father, the, five, the number five principle of prophetic is prophecy does not run in straight lines. It creates, removes, reconstructs. And you have to, now what is the applicability of all of this? Is that as you pray for people, as you pray for your own children, the ones that uh, you might like to think will carry the scepter of authority in the family might surprise you. You might see one in the eyes 
of a son or, 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 a, or a, a father, but God chooses another. For instance, there's a, a family in Brazil who is the father began to pray for his children. And he found out that uh, three of them were alcoholics. And the fourth one was the one who went to church and did all the good things, and it was a perfect son to him. Well, God chose the older one, the alcoholic older one, to be the one that uh, took the word of God through his church after he passed away. You never know. You never know who is going to be in charge and how God moves. So God, what the, the, the prophet, the principle here, number five principle of prophecy, it runs in, does not run in straight lines. It creates, removes, reconstructs, and births direction by the hand of God. And that's truth. That's what it is. Okay, now let's begin then another Bible study today, and uh, I call it the 10 keys for healthy prophetic life. 10 keys. If you want to, now you probably, you're wondering, say, Rick, what do you mean by prophetic? Okay, let me, let me give you uh, 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 a little explanation. When you go to a mission trip, you never pray for anybody. You're simply there to pray for people who come to the altar. You know, I make an invitation to come to the altar to receive Christ the first thing even before the service begins. And I can see in some churches the people are struggling. They're hurting. They're, they're just empty. They're void. And I make that invitation. And we begin to pray for them with the imposition of hands. Now, when you begin to do that, it's because God... He's saving people in the congregation who are accepting Christ or coming to be strengthened, renewed. And here you are on the first mission trip. You've never been anywhere, and you're right there staring at them. Why, why is this study important? It's because as you are dependent on God completely, in the middle of nowhere, God can use you. You have no interference. You have no one trying to look at you and condemn you or put you down or, or, or laugh at you or, or criticize you. You are in a different controlled environment in which there's me as the preacher and the rest of it is the congregation and all, all of you in the group are going to stand in front of them. At that moment, when you begin to say something that you don't know what it is, the prophetic takes over. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, it begins to work. And so the, the trip to RBM, the, the 50 years of trips to RBM, <laughs> people ask me, Rick, what do you do to get so many people to travel with you? You know, you, 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 you've been everywhere. And there's thousands of people traveling with us. It's because the prophetic takes over. And God does wonderful things. And so I want to strengthen this understanding. What is the prophetic? It is a faith speaking, saying, verbalizing that comes out of your spirit at the moment that God moves anywhere. And so in these services that we go, God moves. No kidding now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, making this up. If you've been with us in any country we've been in, when the invitation comes to receive Christ, it's, it's, it's people just pour in to receive Him. And there's people falling on the floor, people crying. And a move of the Spirit moves immediately. 
And here you are with your hands to reach out and begin to pray. The vocal takes over. The vocal gifts take over. The vocal voice takes over. The prophetic voice takes over. Okay. How to increase your prophetic life. Amen. How to increase it. I have ten principles. I hope you're ready for this. Number one. Worship is the doorway to receive the revelation from God. And the reason why worship is a doorway is because if you go to Genesis uh, chapter 49 and you come to the fourth son of Jacob. By the way, the fourth son of Jacob, the first one was uh, Simeon, uh, Reuben, and then Simeon, and then Levi, and then Judah. Now Judah being the fourth son, it says Judah you, it, this is Jacob speaking about Judah and prophesying on his son Judah. He says, You are he whom your brethren shall praise. Your hands shall be in the neck of your enemies, the work of Christ. Your father's children shall bow down before you. The second come Israel, bow down before, before Jesus coming. Judah then is known by praise. So the, the first key to understand the prophetic is to pray, praise hard. What do you mean by that? Worship, praise, lift your hands, sing, participate, get involved in that. Now, I'm sitting in front of the group, there's 20 people behind me, and I'll sit down and take a peek, or I just turn my camera into, you know, the... the, the, the my, my, my telephone, you press a button and you can, see, you can see from behind. And I begin looking who's behind me and there's a guy this way. And I just got on my feet and said, Brother, you came, traveled 14 hours to get here, and you have your arms crossed, lift your hands up and begin to pray. Sing their songs. I don't know, but they're singing in Portuguese, sing in English. Make up, read it, read it, join them. The words are right there. Fake it. Do it. Get involved. And suddenly, that man began to be blessed of the Lord and began to be ministered by the Lord. So number one, worship is the doorway to receive a revelation from God. Because it begins with God. Remember the, the prophetic principles? Reve a prophecy begins with God. You want to hear from God. Suddenly, you look around and you see a woman kneeling down and praying and crying. And the Holy Spirit says, go over there and pray for her. Oh, that, that begins. You can't do this in your local church because you're not supposed to pray for anybody. Only the preacher can pray. But on a mission trip, you are going to pray for to, with thousands. You're going to lay hands. You're going to say things you never said before. You're going to be blessed in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Comes and blesses you. Now, if you call that charismatic, automatic, fanatic, you are totally lost. There's no hope for you anymore. So shut up on that, would you? Stop that. Stop right now. We are in an environment where people are going to receive Christ as their Savior. So line up and join and stop complaining and theologizing. Hallelujah. 
Get my peace. Okay. Okay. Now, John 21, 20 says, You must remember when John at the table before the crucifixion, John leaves. Let me go to there and read it to you because I have time today. John 21, 20. Uh, here we go. Uh, John 21, verse 20. There it is. It says this. Then Peter, turning about, seeing the disciples whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he who betrayed you? That's Peter. He put his head on the, on the chest of Jesus. He leaned on his breast. <coughs> and so, <coughs> you got to learn how to lean on the breast of Jesus. You got to get involved in that spirit that wants to speak through you in the life of others. Number two principle. Learn how to listen to the heartbeat of our Lord. Get close to Him. Read your Bible every day. Spend time studying the Word of God. Read a psalm. Read Proverbs, chapter 37, uh, Psalm 37, Psalm 133. Read these famous psalms, Psalms, chapter, psalms 2, Second Psalm. Read it. Begin to study. Begin to prepare. And so, principle number one, worship. Number two, get close to Jesus. Number three, the words you say are quickened by the spirit of prophecy. Quicken simply means to make a life. The message comes in all kinds of ways. The revelation comes in all kinds of ways. For instance, you can have a dream. You can hear the preacher and something says something. He says something and you hear something else. You can have a, a scripture. You can have a, a fellowship with the Lord, uh, a, a dream, a vision, an impression. And that's, that's a key of healthy prophetic life. You're not looking to hear, but you begin to say it. You begin to confess it. How do you do that? Just sitting down there, preachers preaching, and you say, God, make me alive in your presence, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Speak to my life now. Bless my family, my children. Bless my son, Sammy, uh, 50 years old. Bless my son, Rick, Lord, Bible teacher. Bless Laura. Bless Cindy. Uh, bless, Lord, uh, Sammy Bonson, his birthday, he's 50 years old. You, you, you are blessing, you're speaking, okay? So the, you quicken the spirit of prophecy by, by engaging into what's important. Number four, the prophecy, according, you, you prophesy according to the position of your faith. Let's say you're in Brazil. That's 50 people a hundred people at the altar. And you don't know what to do because you're praying. So you touch gently the head. Usually to touch is simply this. 
you touch gently with this middle, these two fingers, because they're weak fingers. You don't say, there's no power to press them. Just touch this way. And then you say it according to your faith. Faith in any size activates the gift of prophecy. Faith at any size. I've seen children, five years old, ten years old, six years old. I've seen little kids, toddlers, come to you and touch you. And the guy falls flat on the floor. Where there's freedom in the spirit, you can see all kinds of things. Let me say this. In the years that I traveled with... uh, Earl Tyson, a Virginian, married to uh, Betty uh, Tyson. They live in Virginia close to the James River. She has a house there and a ministry there. That was a, he was sitting, he was sitting on the pulpit, resting from praying for people. And a woman came to him with a goiter the size of my fist. And he touched the goiter, and the goiter disappeared in front of everybody. Nobody moved. But the children of the congregation run forward and engulfed the chair where he was sitting. And he began to speak of why the children were, were the sensitive spirits at that particular time. Because children are pure And so, it doesn't matter how much faith you have, but whatever faith you have, like the faith of a child, it activates prophecy. Now, here's something I want to tell you. The word refers to a ratio. Prophecy is to one or to a hundred or to a thousand. As we travel to Peru, (coughs) I prophesy at the airport, went outside and lift my hand, and I prophesied that the churches in the district of Lima will triple their membership in the next year. I prophesied that God will open the door for a great revival come. Not, not a revival uh, the way people think, but a revival of salvation. Hundreds coming to receive Christ, invading the churches. And as I looked to Pura, to Cairo, this morning before coming here, in a new construction that we have invested tremendously uh, there in, in, in gifts to build that sanctuary. Uh, uh, the church was packed. I'd say goes close to three to 400 people filling that large congregation. And God was simply just empowering them. And so I prophesied that building. I prophesied that money. You see, it can be to one or to a thing or to an environment or to a state or to a country, or to whatever. You can speak all kinds of things. Amen? Now, Paul in 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 6, he says this, Stir up the gift that is within you. Stir up the gift that is within you. Now, when you receive the Holy Spirit in salvation, and you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to surrender 
and, and to be filled and empowered and renewed by the Holy Spirit, just like uh, uh, John Wesley experienced, uh, uh, not at Alders Gate, but uh, at, uh, at the next, next place where the God moved in the ministry of uh, John Wesley. The gift of the Holy Spirit was given, and God began to move powerfully. Number five, I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about uh, uh, areas, ten keys of prophetic life, okay? Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he'll give him a, a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So it's a question of asking. God, I want to have a prophetic life to pray for people that, uh, that, uh, that uh, uh, do not understand English. By the way, in Brazil as we go, in Cuba as we go, in Peru, uh, and, and Turkey, anywhere we are in the world, we do not allow translators to come to translate you to them. Why? Because I want you to pro be prophetically anointed to speak life, believing that in English it can be done. You don't have to know the language. And the, the fruits are tremendous. Amen. So seek. Ask, seek, and knock. Do not be afraid or dormant. Be aggressive in this area and ask the Lord to, to bless your life. Amen. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this. Call on me and I will answer. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Never confess the negative. Speak the light. Don't, don't, don't confess the negative. Speak the light. Speak boldly. You know. I know some friends of mine that uh, travel with us. And here we are in, uh, in Cuba. You know, as, as you know, we have visited uh, close to six, si oh, close to six, seven hundred people have been to, to Cuba with us, with our actual numbers. We have visited eight or nine districts in Cuba. Each district has 25 to 40 churches. We've been to all those churches. We just came back from Cuba, and we visited 24 churches. We gave an offering to each pastor that was there, a substantial and very good offering. And as we begin to pray, God began to pour. As we begin to pray, God began. Why God moves so much is because, you see, the power of the prophetic is loosed and free. That doesn't make you charismatic, automatic, fanatic. That makes you a very dangerous Christian. That makes you an ongoing man of God, woman of God. Why? Because then you, you speak to your family, your children, your business, your life, and everything begins to change. All right, ten keys for prophetic life. I'm on number six now. Speak always to bless the body of Christ. God's first commandment was to speak light to the body. 
always to bless the body of Christ. Think of the church. Pray for the church. Lift the church up. Number seven, be totally focused on the Holy Spirit. Ask yourself, what are you hearing? The voice that you hear will sound like you. You're going to hear a voice. It sounds like you. And as you hear and sounds like you, you begin to know that God will speak to you in ways you can understand. Imagine if, if God said, Pop, and you hear, Beep. Whatever you sound like, God will speak into it, into your intellect, into your mind to receive it and be friends with it. And he'll say, reprimand this, reprimand that. Lay hands on this person for healing. And the prophetic begins. Number eight, God will give you a sentence, always beneficial to the body, a word. Use faith, your personal faith, and release it. Like a, it's like a, the only way I can explain this eighth principle, it's like a, a, a sweater. When you pull a string out of the sweater, it keeps on coming. And before too long, it won't stop it because it's all intertwined, okay? You pull it and it comes out. It opens up and you begin to, begin to release it just like uh, the sweater string comes out out of, the, out of the mass. Remember, the Holy Spirit will not move your mouth or override your will. Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit will not move your mouth or override your will. Psalm 81.10 says, Open your mouth, and I will fill it. Open your mouth, and I will fill it. And so it's a posture. It's not going to move your mouth. You're going to have to begin to say it. He's not going to override your will. I want to do this way or that way. The Holy Spirit will not change anything. He will, he will not do anything. He will simply just, just back off. What I'm saying to you is that you've got to come willing to hear, willing to take a chance to release your faith. Uh, I'll give you a, a little story that came into my mind. There was a lady in the congregation who came to me and said, Rick, I'm an alcoholic, and I drink uh, 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 a fifth of whiskey every morning before the day begins. That's a lot of whiskey. And I don't get drunk anymore, but it's killing my body. My organs are all affected, and I want to be set free. And so I had on the group a woman there was also an alcoholic that drank a fifty of whiskey, McDaniel, <laughs> every morning. And so I put the two together. And I didn't tell him what I was going to do. I just told her, she's an alcoholic. You pray with her in English. The woman that was about to be prayed for did not knew English, understood us. And this woman from the States began to pray, began to shake her head, 
began to yell and scream and hollow. She just poured on that. That woman received a friend, bang on the floor. Several months later, I got an email from the, from the pastor of that church that that woman that night was completely set free. Figure that out. Try to understand that. I don't know what happened with the woman that prayed, but I can tell you I know what happened with the woman that received the prayer. Open your mouth and I will fill it. Meaning, move by faith. Nobody's going to say anything to you. Nobody's going to question you. You are somewhere in, the, in Cuba, in the little church in the middle of nowhere. Uh, that You got there by, by uh, 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 an ox-driven cart. It took an hour to get there. That slow ox just wouldn't move fast. The service begun. There were 20 people there. And you simply just came out in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. I'm, and suddenly God began to move in your personal life. Number nine. The manifestation to see, to behold, to gaze, and to reveal of the Holy Spirit is to every man. First Corinthians 12, 7. So it's not something that is just for certain people to experience. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 is, is, the, is the Holy Spirit revelation or manifestation. It's for every man. I don't have time to open the scripture. I've got a minute and two seconds. What I'm saying to you is that it's for every man. You can, in other words, God can do it to you. I don't care if you have whatever you have and or whatever sin you have and, and, and you're difficult, God can, oh, he's wide open for you. Number 10, oh, the end result is to honor and to give glory to God that was lost in the garden. Here is where identity is returned to you. Psalm 8, verse 4 and 5. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? And God is visiting us these days as we understand the prophetic. God bless you, Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you bless my brother, my sister, wherever they are in the United States and throughout the world. I pray, God, that you give them a, a voice of prophetic utterance that will strengthen them to reach others and to bless others. I pray, God, that they be wonderfully blessed by the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, no. Viver